You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results. We interview your favourite riders. It's the Always Moto Podcast. We occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If you don't like it or you don't agree with us, turn it off right now. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans, I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 65 of the Always Moto podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan, the physiotherapist from Australia. We will be joined during the show by the Always Moto contractor, Ben Grinley. As always, he's still looking for that paycheck. This is the Always Moto Podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week's show will be covering all things super motocross from Thunder Valley and the next week's round, which is this week at High Point. And bringing in the show today, as always, is Slamboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots, Tech 167 3D Printing, we still have our T-shirts available. They are $25 plus postage and handing. They're Always Moto T-shirts. Um, send an email to info at alwaysmoto.com um, and we'll get that all set up and sent out to you ASAP. If you can don- donate to the show to support the show to keep this content coming your way, that'd be awesome. Uh, follow the links in our social media um, bio to get to all of those sponsors, but just find our Always Moto PayPal account and send a donation to us via that link. Uh, enough for the intro talk. Let's get straight into this show. This is Derek Kelly, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, let's roll into this show this week for episode 65. Benny, how are we doing, mate? I'm all right. How are you? Good, good. How was your long weekend? I believe you had a lovely weekend away and saw some footy matches. I did. I watched uh, Essendon beat Carlton at the MCG with uh, 83,000 fans around me, which is pretty good. So, yeah, I can't complain. For anybody that has no idea who Essendon is or whatever, don't worry, it's Tony Gayfell. Nobody nobody watches it. (laughs) 83,000 people apparently, but nobody else watches it. Yeah, that's right. One of those weird Australian sports that nobody understands. Oh, but you, uh, you, uh, you actually got up and were watching the watching the races live for once. Yeah, obviously long weekend, things a bit different. Um, I was actually at home for a change, um, so yeah, I was able to watch live, which was awesome. Um, got to see all those that carnage in that first turn crash for the two fifties, and yeah, changed changed a few people's days straight there and then. But yeah, it was nice to actually watch live and be a part of the group chat for a change. Yeah, I was in it, but uh, I've only just, not going to lie to everyone, I've only just watched the races properly this afternoon um, because I did my team and then went back to sleep (laughs) 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 and and then watched a bit of the last motos, but um, yeah, I have watched them all, so we're good to go. Good to go. It is one of those things, but I find, I I seem to find that the outdoors, like I talked about the other week with the no no oomph for for the outdoors so far. It is one of those things that the outdoors, not unlike Supercross, Supercross you seem to make the effort to you know get there and watch it live. The outdoors, it's probably a bit longer coverage. It's it's um, you know different time of day that it's popping up for us. Obviously, it's really early morning for pretty much all of them. It's a bit harder to be there live for all of them, and obviously on the weekends, middle of winter, you usually have more things going on. So yeah, it's a bit harder to always be there present for them. But but uh, yeah, you've caught up. You're on top of it all. So good to go. We're, we're, we're right to do our coverage. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, we're good to go. All right, well, let's jump straight in. It obviously Thunder Valley was the weekend just gone. Uh, probably the first. As much as I said, Hangtown was awesome, and I like it as a national track. Um, everybody else probably saying more that Thunder Valley was the first real national for the season. Obviously, we're at round three. We're only eleven this year, but it was a pretty technical track at Thunder Valley, and. It seemed like Jet just continues to make it look easier and easier. 
He was fast. He was smooth. I think his technical ability on the bike stood out on that track, and he basically had everybody covered. Yep, he just gets the whole shot and disappears. Uh, everyone tries to, you know, keep up with him, but by the end of the first lap, that's it. Um, they're basically second back uh, fighting, and he's just yeah off into the distance. I found it. I found it funny. The the commentary was in that second moto. They're all on that very first lap. They're, they're commenting about how cool the racing is and how tight it is. And they're obviously commenting on what's happening on the screen and they'll, they'll in that section of straight just before that corner where AP and Ferrandis came together in the first moto. And there was sort of three or four wide coming out of that right-hand corner into that straight section. And I was laughing because, yes, that racing was tight. But Jet already, if you looked at the time board at that point, we're only halfway through the first lap or maybe three quarters through the first lap. And Jet's already got three and a half second lead. It's... It's not really tight for the front guy. He's out well, well out in front. Yeah, that's right. And you got to think, you know, is is he enjoying this? <laughs> like, surely he can't be enjoying this. You know, like in one hand you are, but in the other hand you're not. Like he's just, you know, he's just on in a league of his own. Yeah, you would think the satisfaction in the win might not be there quite the same, but. As they always say, the uh, bonus check still cash. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and he's getting a lot of them at the moment, I would, I'd bet. Yeah, well, you know, it's just, um, you know, we all we all couldn't wait to see what he was capable of. And I think we got a little bit robbed with, you know, the Tomac injury and the Sexton, uh, you know, problems. But... Yeah, I just we I don't think we expected this, and it's you know just keeps going. Yeah, and you're right. Like we we're obviously missing Anderson, Barsha, um, as well. Mookie, Christian, Craig, Kenny hasn't been there. Um, he's not doing outdoors, but he is back this weekend. So maybe this weekend we see something at least. Somebody maybe you know Kenny's a good starter. Maybe he challenges him for at least the first half of the first moto. Maybe. What do you think? Well, it wouldn't surprise, you know, Kenny's a good starter uh, a lot of the time as well. Um, and you've even got AC who's been, you know, his starts have been, you know, pretty good as well along with everyone else. They're right there come, you know, the whole shot line. But after that, it just disappears. But I think if anyone's going to be able to do it and at least get in front of him, I think, I think it'll be Kenny. Yeah, I, I reckon there's at least one, maybe two laps that Kenny steals away from him on the laps led chart this week. But I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get any two. You know, Jet's been that good. So we'll have to see how that all goes. But speaking of Kenny, one, how much prep and you know, commitment do you think he's got to this, this one particular race? And two, how do you think Adam Bailey is going to be comfort-wise on uh, Sunday morning Australia time while Kenny's out there racing and he spent all that money on him to be a part of the World Supercross Series? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't be too happy, and I would be pretty nervous. I would think. Um, you know, they've spent a fair bit of money to get him there, and then he's going to go out and race. Uh, race motocross and you know the last well this weekend last weekend these first turn crashes uh anything can happen and we've seen you know some significant injuries from those first turn crashes so yeah i don't know i'd be um watching with one eye open i think if i was him yeah the whole hands over the eyes sort of situation (laughs) it doesn't i don't think i'd be that comfortable eh? i'd be kind of uh you know, just a bit clammed up on, on the couch, you know, maybe maybe with a scotch in hand, even though it's going to be early AMs, trying to just calm the nerves while, while Kenny does every, every lap of the track on, on Sunday morning. Because, yeah, I can't see how that's approved or, or a good idea, especially considering the last time, and I talk about this in the emergency department as well, but the last time we saw Kenny on track, he did, what, two corners before he disappeared with a suspected knee injury that turned out to be okay, but things weren't looking great then, and they only just announced that he was going to do World Supercross. This is sort of even another another level of danger altogether, and we're only 
two weekends away from the start of World Supercross. So there's no time for anything to to heal if there is an issue. You know, this is this is the last <laughs> last window of opportunity. He's got to be healthy coming out of this so that he can be a part of World Supercross like he's committed to and like he's been paid for. Yeah, and I mean, it's not just him, um, although, you know, that World Supercross haven't got these other riders. It's more the teams that have the the contracts. But, you know, we talked about uh, Grant Harlan flying through the air the other day. You know, he's got a race World Supercross. Um, you've got Cheers. He's racing World Supercross and a few others. So, you know, it's Kenny is obviously the bigger, you know, don't, you know, don't get hurt. But there's probably a lot of other teams, you know, sitting there every weekend, fingers crossed that their riders don't get hurt as well. Yeah, that's the that's the challenge that these guys have at the moment, isn't it? With that extra series, and they're trying to do both. It's it's a little bit problematic. So they're going to have to make make sure that they're uh, doing the right things recovery wise, and trying to stay on top of you know stay out of all those little incidents that can potentially happen. Particularly, like you said, off the starts. But yeah, the recovery is going to be key, and uh maybe they can use some recovery boots that we talk about here all the time those endurance recovery boots maybe they might, might be putting those to use on flights between places uh, maybe they're just sitting in the lounge room using them uh, they might be maximizing their training and their recovery before each and every session and they might be able to use the always moto code at checkout in lowercase to save on those endurance recovery boots as well but yeah recovery for them is going to be key and just not getting injured will be tricky let's say the least and i think cheers like you mentioned i don't think he's on the entry list this week i think he's actually taken the move to do a bit of prep before round one of the world supercross and he's sitting out this one particular round at least yeah well i think i saw uh i think i saw harlan is was doing some supercross practice as well so tr- yeah trying to juggle you know mx prep supercross prep it's um yeah, it's you know, switching settings and whatever else. It's got to be, you know, a bit confusing and trying to adapt to everything. Um, yeah, I don't think it's uh, ideal. Yeah, it can't be easy. And I was trying to – I've been trying to talk with Grant Harlan to set up some uh, an interview for the World Supercross preview show that we're putting together. And uh, he got back to me, but then I haven't got, hasn't got back to me since. And I, 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 we sort of – the one part that we did get back to is like, I'm super busy at the moment. I'm like, yeah, I can – Probably understand why. <laughs> Supercross one day, yeah. motocross the next, switch bike this one, switch bike that one. You know, like he's got a bit going on. I said, look, mate, when when you finish this round this weekend in High Point, we'll talk next week, mate, because you'll be able just to focus on the one thing for two weeks. So, yeah, he's he's obviously a busy boy. But uh, anyway, they they it's a problem that they've willingly signed up for, so they're going to have to work it out. But yeah, we'll be interested to make sure that. Kenny gets out of this in one piece, ready for the World Supercross, you know, championship defence in his case, and also that that payday that he's looking for from uh, World Supercross. So, yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. Now, 250 class at Thunder Valley. Hunter Lawrence did it again. He managed to go a 2-1 this time instead of a 3-1 that he's managed to do at round one and two. But his second motos, he's the, he's the king of second motos at this stage. He's definitely managed to sort out his starts in the second moto and you know get to the front early and and basically check out so consistency has been pretty key for hunter in this 250 class so far yeah well to go you know two one uh i think he started uh in the first moto i think he was sixth or seventh or it might have even been a bit further back uh, and then you know to claw his way back to second uh, along with whatever Deegan was throwing out at him, um, that was just horrible to watch, and I can't imagine what was going through Hunter's head. Uh, but yeah, to yeah to just be consistent and um, yeah get the overall again. Uh, yeah, again, I don't think there's anyone that you know. You see Justin Cooper, you know, he won the first moto and was leading the second moto and then had that uh, weird crash, uh, which then, you know, gave Hunter the lead. But it, it's just hard to see anyone beating uh, beating him as well with just how consistent and smooth he seems to be. Yeah, obviously we've got, you know, a fair few rounds to go. But if, if Hunter continues this, this fashion, even with maybe one bad round, he's still going to be well well in front, like, 
Justin Cooper's the only one really in striking range at this stage because Deegan had a bit of an off round this one and dropped back in the points. RJ Hampshire had another off round and, you know, didn't get many points this week. So, you know, that's why I was saying consistency seems to be key. Hunter's just gapping the field at this stage, uh, which is which is awesome. But there's obviously something to Hunter in those second motos and the starts because, like you touched on, he was really bad in that first moto. And if you actually watch that first turn crash, when the whole field sort of clears out and crashes in that first corner, there's Hunter Lawrence sort of just breaking and and moving to the inside of the track to take advantage of the now clear track from all the people falling over you know falling to the outside of the corner so he got a horrible start in that first first race and if it wasn't for that crash he would have been maybe outside the top 20 maybe worse um based on where he was on that that replay so yeah for whatever reason his first moto starts are horrible and his second ones are a lot better yeah, I think, you know, once you you do the first moto, they go back and they make the changes. And I think he's just got that um, confidence as well. Like, you know, the first two rounds, he's done the same thing. And, you know, so why why can't I do it this next, you know, the next moto? Why can't I keep doing, you know, what I'm doing? Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Um, he's just got a different feel about moto too. So just comes to the line with a different attitude maybe and and that might be all the differences for him but you sort of touched on too like those tactics with Deegan um in that first moto I'm not sure what was going on there but like you said it was horrible to watch and Deegan sort of definitely tried to cover his lines and it's kind of like I think we sort of mentioned this once before somewhere and I can't remember when but it's almost like the, the car racing and the road racing sort of situation where they should only be allowed to cover into one corner once and not, you know, be zigzagging all over the track. It's almost like we need to have that rule put in place for the outdoors because Deegan was moving two and three times coming into a corner to try and cover Hunter's line to make sure that he blocked him, essentially. Yeah, and you've got, uh, you know, you're 13 minutes left uh, in the first moto and, you know, Hunter is Hunter, why he, he's going to get you. Why are you trying to hold him off? There's still 13 minutes left. You know, yes, Deegan won the first moto last week or the week before, um, but, you know, it, the speed was just completely different. You could tell he was quicker than him everywhere else. Why, you know, why hold him? Maybe just let him go and he'd try... You know, try to come back at him maybe later on, just save, you know, a bit of energy or whatever. But, no, these silly games that he loves to play, um, which he did with Jordan Smith, his teammate in Supercross, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't see why you would be doing it. But, you know, Hunter sort of stuck up for him after that Jordan Smith incident. Uh, I'd like to you know, <laughs> really get his thoughts on what he thinks now. Well, he sort of started to bring that out, but he did it politically on the podium interview at least. Uh, but I think you'll find that some of that stuff with Deegan is just that youthful rookie exuberance coming out still and just trying to think that that's the best way to, to race is to be the man in front. But I think you'll learn some point soon that, you know, when somebody catches you like that and you and they you, you not let them pass, but they get past you, that if you tag on the back and follow those new lines that you might not be using, it'll actually do you, a, you know, a much better service than what you're doing currently. So he'll, he'll, he'll learn. He's only, he's only new to all this and he's obviously still learning these tracks too. And I think that was more evident at this round because I don't think he'd been there previously to Thunder Valley. Whereas the other one, other previous two rounds were California rounds. There's potentially been to both of them, particularly Parlor, obviously. So he just, yeah, there's some learning still to go on, and maybe this is where we start to see the rookiness of his first motocross season start to come to the fore until he gets to those last two rounds, like Ironman and what's the other one he did last year? Maybe Unadilla, uh, where he he's actually been to before, you know, and he can actually then call on that experience previously but I think this next few races you might start to see Deegan not be maybe the front front runner like he had been at the first two rounds just because he hasn't doesn't have that track experience at this stage so we'll see how that all plays out 
But his teammate, and you touched on it, Justin Cooper. Um, interesting crash in Moto2. Uh, got very much out of shape and managed to go over the bars in an awkward position. But we sort of talked about this before we hit record. Uh, his results maybe don't indicate the effort that has been put in to coming into this outdoor season and skipping majority of the Supercross season. It hasn't really lined up as you would expect with the prep that he's been able to put in just yet. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, I honestly thought that, yeah, he was going to be a bit better than uh, where he is at the moment. But I'm not sure what it is, whether it's, you know, he got good starts this weekend. But um, last weekend I had him as my first to the finish line and didn't get that in Pulp Fantasy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he just hasn't been you know, the normal rider that he is. Um, he was, you know, way back after that crash and came back um, and got a decent result. But, yeah, I think um, he's just he's just not like he used to be, whether it's that foot injury or uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Like, I, I'm a bit disappointed in his first three rounds. Obviously, the crash this past weekend maybe, you know, jades that view. But... Let's see what he does in the next sort of three rounds from here because we've got some, you know, the major tracks coming up. We've got, uh, what have we got this week? We've got High Point, then we've got Red Bud, and then we've got Southwick. So they're all known tracks. He should have, you know, settings to reproduce from those tracks. He should have that prepped in the back pocket from the extra outdoor seasons, from the motos that he's already done leading into the season that he wasn't, you know, covering with Supercross time. If he doesn't show those show the results that we that I think he should be doing in those next three rounds, I'd be really having a hard look at what the hell did he do before the outdoor season. Yeah, he did really well in Supercross on the 450. Um, I can't, you know, I can't take that away from him. But yeah, the the goal was to just do a few Supercross races and then you know just maximise all the time on. Uh, outdoors and yeah I don't think it's probably where they thought it would be no it's definitely not and maybe that like you said maybe you touched on the foot injury maybe that's still hanging around it was a fairly significant injury you know that Liz Frank fracture of the foot it's basically a crush of the foot and destroys bone and ligament and and as you know most of you will figure out you can only produce so much force in your legs from if your foot is stable and if your foot's not stable and you're trying to you know work around some pain you you can't produce the force and then obviously you can't put your feet on the balls of your feet the same on the pegs and you know continue to stand and push down in corners and and weight the bike as you would need to to do all these things maybe that's still an issue maybe it's not you know maybe he's all past that now he has been it's been over a year now so hopefully we're seeing some progression of that Ideally, he's doing the right things in the gym to try and manage that all the time, but it's something that he's probably going to have to deal with to some degree for the potentially the rest of his you know, athletic career and the you know, rest of his life as well because it will hang around for quite some time. Maybe, and, and we can jump into another read here, but maybe he should have been using some slant board guy, um, slant boards in that period to try and get his legs stronger and improve his balance on his feet while he's doing on the angled slant board uh, in the gym. Uh, he, he might be able to try and get those squats on point and improve his standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, and that simple piece of equipment would be useful for somebody like Justin Cooper with a foot injury at that stage of recovery. And he could have used the Always Moto in lowercase at checkout as well to save with Slamp or Guy. But, yeah, Justin Cooper, we'll have to keep an eye on that because it's just something that I thought he would have been a lot better having the amount of prep available to him by not doing those last what, half of the Supercross season. So, yeah, it's it's... It's not good at this stage. No, and uh, I'm going to throw you under the bus here. I don't. Uh, I don't think you'll be using your code because I don't think he really likes you. So yeah, we've had that. <laughs> we've, we've had that pointed out at some point, haven't we? It's uh, he might not use that code, but everybody's got to have somebody that doesn't like them. And for me, at this point, it's uh, it's definitely Justin Cooper. So we'll. We'll see if I get a handshake or anything out of him at Redbud or if when he sees the logo, he just tells me to bugger off. We'll find out shortly. I'll, I'll report back. 
<laughs> All right, keep us posted. Yeah, yeah, we'll do, we'll do. All right, let's. Um, I've got a bit of a theory here. We're going to move on a little bit. Um, talking about some of the two fifty guys, and again, sort of the results that you're not really expecting from these guys. They've been slowly hit and miss. Let's say um, Kitchen got better in this last round at at Thunder Valley, but still not as good as we thought he should be. Uh, so that's Levi Kitchen on that Star Racing Yamaha. And Joe Shimoda as well uh, is one I'm bringing up in this part of this conversation on that Pro Circuit Kawasaki. The results have not been there. He, you know, Joe got second in the series last year. He knocked off Hunter at that final round. Had some really good rides throughout the year. Levi Kitchen as well won at Thunder Valley last year um, and had some really good rides throughout the year as well. But I've got a bit of a theory going that both of those guys are rumoured to be uh, looking at new teams for 2024, you know. So moving away from Pro Circuit Kawasaki and and um, Star Racing Yamaha for Shimoda and Kitchen, respectively. And I just wonder if that move that is impending for them in a couple of months' time is actually just taking away a little bit of that killer instinct or that last percent of speed and push, and maybe they're just not quite into it the same as they would be or were last year when they were deep in the ride, you know, committed to the team, um, you know, not with one eye on the next project for the next year. I'm you know, not sure if you're on, on the same page as me, Benny, but that's where I'm at with those two guys at this stage. I mean, it's possible. Um, you know, it's, it's getting to that point and, uh, but, you know, uh, Shimoda was having a good crack in that last moto uh, and then fell off. Um, and then, yeah, Kitchen, you know, he's been – he was better last year. Um, it's pretty good in Supercross as well. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I know throughout the week we heard uh, on a few different podcasts here and there that there was some setting changes for Kitchen and now, you know, then this weekend's been a bit better. Um, so if that progresses, who knows? Um, but yeah, it's it's possible. You know, they could be just you know thinking ahead. Right, I've got to get through this, and then come you know October, we sign over the new new contracts and start fresh. Yeah, I just like they 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 still have time to obviously improve their results, but I just feel like there's a there's a window where your commitment to something might just waver enough that you're not at that you know, upper, upper level of, of competitiveness based on the fact that you know that you're, in your brain, you're moved on. So it's that psychological component coming in. It's just a theory I've got. Maybe it's, maybe they, you know, they show me wrong and they go 1-2 or 2-1 this week, depending on which order you want to say their names in. But uh, I just, I just got a feeling about the two of them. They're just something that's not quite there yet. Obviously, Shimoda came off an injury from the Supercross series and he's maybe a little underdone, but... Again, like last year, Shimoda doesn't fall off at the end of that moto when he was running as high as he was at, at Thunder Valley this past weekend. I just don't feel like he does it. So maybe it's just that, like I said, that psychological bit, he's just a tiny bit checked out. It's not that I'm saying he's thinking about the, the new bike midway through the moto, but it's the whole, you know, the whole time that's in the back of his mind that that's sort of just sitting there. So we'll keep an eye on that and we'll, we'll see how that plays out over the next few weeks. All right, so obviously High Point this week. Looking forward to it. Everyone talks about that one as being one of the traditional tracks of the series that has been on the calendar for many, many years now, which is awesome. And obviously we're looking forward to Redbud in a couple of weeks, one where we're going to be there. Uh, but it's also the 50-year anniversary for Redbud on the AMA series, so that's pretty cool. These tracks, A lot of these tracks through this middle part of the season have been with the series for quite a number of years which is is awesome to see that they're still around and like like a lot of tracks in these days this day and age they all tend to get shut down from noise reasons it's great to see some of these tracks that are still part of this series have been around for many many years which is awesome to see all right let's change tact a little bit something from the australian side of things for us here us aussie listeners and viewers and all those sorts of things the Australian Supercross shows that have come out on 7 Plus have debuted this week. 
we've got a, I think it's a three series or three show series that's going to be part from the um, Supercrosses that happened last year as a prelude to this year's Supercross season at the end of the year. Um, and they weren't too bad. Not great. But not too bad. Nice to have some coverage, basically, for us, from my side of things. So it was awesome to have that extra coverage on 7 Plus for our Australian riders. Uh, and obviously the first one featured Luke Clout pretty heavily as they followed him around at the beginning of the series. And we're going to move through a couple of other guys over the next two episodes. But for me, it was great that we had something on mainstream te- coverage available for our Australian Supercross guys. Yeah, it's good to see. Um, you know, it's been pretty hard to get uh, any of our stuff on TV um, up until last year when, you know, we got the few races on uh, the 7 Plus app and uh, World Supercross was on the 7 Plus app as well, which was which was nice. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to go in and, you know, see behind the scenes, sort of see what the riders go through that, you know, we normally don't see. And as we know, uh, which is, you know, that was one of the reasons that you actually started the podcast was because the riders don't talk. They hide everything. Mm. And, uh, you know, stuff like this lets us, you know, see behind the scenes and what happens, uh, unfortunately, after you know, clouds crash um, in outdoors uh, here last year. Um, you know, we don't really get to see apart from a few pictures they might post on Instagram or something like that. So, um, yeah, it could have been probably a bit longer than 15 minutes, but, hey, I'll uh, I'll take whatever we can get. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Especially when it's on a streaming platform and it's not like it's on free-to-air TV. I always find it funny that they're so short, but obviously, you know, budgets for all these things dictate how long this can be put together and the editing time and all that sort of stuff because that's where it sort of comes together the most but yeah 14 minutes was rather short but as much as i love the fact that we had the coverage it's definitely no red bull moto spy series that we had for the ama series it was sort of in that vein but the story the way it was presented i felt was a little bit disjointed and it wasn't really well told and I don't. I think they missed the mark a bit. Obviously, this is the first one, and we're all learning. Probably as you know, new group putting this together. But I'm hoping it improves for the next few, and maybe it won't because this is all done probably as a group. These couple of episodes, and maybe we don't see the improvements until they get the feedback, and that goes into the next year's production. But let's just hope that they can get the next year's production because obviously the series is coming up here later this year. We want to have this particular type of coverage ongoing hopefully they get a good response uh, and plenty of viewers so if you're out there listening to this and you haven't seen it already go and check out the seven plus app and find the australian supercross shows and watch them so they get some good readings uh, and good numbers and that way we can have more of this content in the future yeah that's right and you know i don't think uh just you know for the first episode we talked about it before we hit uh, record. I don't think they need to be going back to 2019 um, for part of Clout's story. Um, you know, it's 2022 when they filmed it. I don't, you know, what happened back then doesn't really fit in with what happened last year. Um, but, you know, they're trying, so we can't um, we can't give it to them too much. I can kind of understand that was basically the last time that Australia had a Supercross series, so that was the last point they were bringing. Thinking about it now, they did definitely just use that as like the link to the previous season, which unfortunately was three years beforehand. But So hopefully that was the last time that they referenced that sort of distance. But, but yeah, it, it was just disjointed for me. Um, Hopefully it improves. Let's hope it improves because we want that sort of content for our series. It, it will be awesome moving forward. All right, let's uh, let's have a little ad break here quickly, and we're going to jump over to Pulp MX Fantasy League for the Always Motor Fantasy League. But before we do so, um, do you need something cool for your bike, Benny? Yes. You don't even have a bike. So I don't if, I had, if I if I. No, I'm just going with it. Going with it. I like that you just committed <laughs> to that and just said yes. Thank you for that. Well, 
when you do get a bike, we're going to need to get you maybe a funnel that fits into the oil filler cap, just screw straight in, it means no mess. Maybe you need an organiser for the uh, head organiser tray that they these guys have got from Tech 167 3D Printing. They have the ability to print just about anything in, in their 3D printing models that they've got. But these funnels that they have that you can screw straight into your oil filler cap are just such a simple idea and just keep the things nice and tidy in the workshop for you. And if you want to get one for yourself, they come in a range of different colours. They fit many different bike models. We've got one for the Gas Gas EC350 at the moment, the 2023 model. Uh, and you can use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save with Tech 167 3D Printing. All right, Benny, it's, it's that time of the week, and, and you might be pretty impressed with yourself and you know up on up on talking about the always motor fantasy league this week i believe you're in front of me for the first time maybe since we started this game yeah i was so very close to having a perfect 250 team um i'm very disappointed but I would rather a rider's health be 100% than me get points. And unfortunately, this rider is, um, yeah, probably not in a great place at the moment. So uh, we'll get into it. Well, yeah. So, like, let's uh, let's quickly point out the scores at this stage. So, yes, Benny, you are in front of me. You have dropped in the overall. Last week you were 54th. This week you're 56th. But you're on 12, 1256 points. I had an absolute shocker, and we'll get into it here shortly, but I am 71st in the league uh, on 1,099 points. So congratulations, mate. You've got a fair gap on me at this point in the league, three rounds in. Uh, But our winner from Thunder Valley, and look, the usual story here, we've been trying to get in touch with these people and crickets. So Happy Trigger won the round and was and is on for the Thor MX goggles. Now Happy Trigger, I've got no contact details for you, mate. So if you want to get in touch by fantasy at alwaysmoto.com, please do so to claim your prize. But by the time the race goes off this weekend, the prize will be re-put back into the system and reissued. I've been in touch with Hayden Wolf. Um, he got 19th for that random prize win, which is the Bolt MX gloves. We're sorting that out. He's been the right. He's done the right thing, Benny. He emailed us. His, his details are on the system. It's amazing how easy it is when you're emailed and participated in the rules of the game. Yes. Well, it, we haven't had much luck, so it's good to hear that someone has uh, has done it. Yeah, exactly. So, our quick mention to our Fantasy League sponsors who are providing these prizes. It's Coastal Motorcycle Centre. It's Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia, Bolt Everywhere, Rip Clear Australia, Ryco Australia, Bendix Australia, and Zaxxon Esco Motorcycle Repairs. Now, quickly, actually, I'll mention, quickly mention this. I just thought of it as I was running through these sponsor lists. I don't know if you saw, Benny, but uh, our mate... Paul from Helltech has got a bit of an update on his helmet sensors that are getting closer and closer to being available to the public. So he's got some pre-production models that he's basically testing out this week that has popped up on his Instagram page. So I, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about that. I've been watching his progress with this for a while now, and I'm super stoked to be seeing these products in the flesh when he's finally got them going because I like I love the idea that you're going to be able to tell how many G-forces you've crashed at and your helmet has impacted your head. Yeah, I'll have to uh, go on. It hasn't popped up on mine. Um, I do follow him, but I haven't seen it. So um, I was probably too busy celebrating the uh, footy win on the weekend. So <laughs> I'll go and check it out. You, you, were, you were otherwise occupied this weekend. I'll let you pass on that one. But, yeah, no, everybody <laughs> should check out Helltech Australia's page because – He's got something really cool coming, and when it gets here, you all should have one on your head um, so that you know what's happened if you do have a crash. But yeah, let's get back into this fantasy league. So let's jump into the fact of our teams from Thunder Valley. Now, we're not going to be able to go through teams for High Point this week again. The AMA uh, Pro Motocross Series has not put out the entry list, so the Pulp MX Fantasy game has not been able to put out the handicap scores as yet, which they will probably likely come out in about 
10 or 12 hours time probably by the time we wake up they'll be available which is uh not handy for us now when we're recording these things at this stage um but let's let's jump into those teams so i'll jump over a screen benny have you got your team up and ready to talk through from thunder valley I'm ready. How high were you up on the overall for that one, actually? Seems you had a near-perfect team on on this. I can't even see you there. You, I thought you were pretty high up on this list the other day. Uh, I was in the top 1,200 at one point. Uh, overall rank last round was 7,421. Yeah, right. It's not too bad. Still pretty low, but it's not too bad. All right, so who was the yeah. team for this 250 team that was so crash hot for you, mate? Uh, well, hang on. Let me just go back to it because I just got out of it right. to see that uh, see that ranking that you wanted. Um, <laughs> so I had for my all-star, and this is where it wasn't uh, very nice, was Guillaume Fares, uh, who was in that first moto, first turn crash with uh, – not a very nice looking arm uh, when he got up, and uh, later on we saw it um, in a cast uh, or make do cast until he got to the hospital. Yeah. Um, but yeah, zero, zero points from him. But uh, Derek Kelly, Jordan Smith, and Caden Braswell all got me 100 points. Oh, right. So I could have had 150 points out of uh, yeah out of my four four riders. That's a nice team. But I'll take to- I'll take 300. Yeah, I actually looked at Caden Braswell and I decided to put in Josh Fariz instead and that didn't go as well either because Josh Fariz got zero points as well with a broken collarbone that we'll talk about in the emergency department later on. But yeah, yeah, that's a pretty nice team. I didn't have too bad of a team apart from that Josh Fariz number. I had Jordan Smith that got me 100 points. Levi Kitchen got me 76 and Justin Cooper, if it wasn't for that crash, I think he would have got me maxed out, but he got 45 as the all-star there, so... That was pretty good. He also got me 15 points. Or I got both first start leaders with Justin Cooper and Jet Lawrence. Did you pick those two for first to finish, uh, first to finish line? Uh, I only did a 450 first to the finish line this week. Um, I'd picked Justin Cooper. Like I said the week before, didn't get it. Um, and I think I missed out the first two rounds as well. So I uh, I didn't bother doing it for this one. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Parlor, I had Justin Cooper, didn't get me any points. Hangtown, I had Hunter, didn't get me any points. But each time Jet has got me points. And so this week I skipped the 250 first lap leader and I got uh, Jet. So I stayed away. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, all good. Well, how about your 450 team? Because my 450 team is where things went really badly. And I'm, I only have myself to blame because I got up five minutes slower than I should have got up so that I missed out on being able to check my team before lockout. And that was a bad idea. <laughs> so I had Caden uh, Emerine with 40 points. Um, I think he was a little bit higher in one of the motos but fell over in... Uh, one of the turns, um, and I think he lost a few spots. Uh, Jeremy Smith for 19 points. Jeremy Hand with uh, 36 points, and AC was my all-star and got me 47 points. So only three off, uh, you know, three off the max 50 that he could have got. Um, so I'll take that. And um, he didn't actually have a bad, bad weekend this weekend. So uh, as an AC fan, I'm happy with that. No, that's pretty good. Now, my team absolutely sucked. Um, I had Co- Cooper Webb was my highlight for my 450 team. He got 45 points. Uh, I had Jacob Runkles, who managed to break an arm in Moto 1, so he got zero points. I had Jace Kessler, and I'm not actually sure what happened to Jace, but he got me a total of one point. Uh, and the one that I messed up on because I picked before lockout and, like I said, didn't get up in time to change, uh, Scott Meshi didn't actually qualify. He was, I think, 41st or 42nd, uh, so that was a zero for me. So, yeah, I got 46 points for my 450 team. 
Yes, that's not very good no, at all. What was your what was your what was your overall point so? Uh, two nine seven. Yeah, right. Okay. If it wasn't for those first first lap leaders, I might have had an even. I might have just been, you know, just going over the corner and having a little whinge. So. <laughs> well, you might you might have been the low score for this round. That might have been you. No, unfortunately, there's people below me in in our league, even <laughs> let alone in the overall comp. So yeah, there's uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't pretty. But anyway, it is what nah. it is. So, we have to look forward to so, what, point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The top score for Thunder Valley was 654 points. Wow, I was a long way from that. Yeah, so they had Talon Hawkins, Justin Cooper, Caden Braswell, Jordan Smith, uh, Marchbanks, Harlan, AC, Ty Masterpool. Uh, and Justin Cooper and Jet as their FFLs. Wow, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, I'm just looking. So my my efforts to get up early on on Thunder Valley didn't work out as well as they should have. I'm just checking out the times for this weekend's coming up races. The race day live actually starts at mid midnight um, East Coast Australia time, and the motos actually start at three a.m. So I will be picking my team before I go to bed and I will not be getting up for those ones. I'll be watching them at some point on Sunday afternoon <laughs> once I've gotten up. So we'll have to uh, run the gauntlet again with the uh, with picking some better options and not, you know, hopefully not, quali- not missing qualification this time around. You just need to set an alarm at 2.50, get up, pick a team, go back to bed. I seem to have this issue, but when I set it for 2.50, I go, right, and I go to roll over and I just go, oh, I'll just close my eyes for 10 more seconds and that 10 seconds turns into <laughs> 11 minutes and then it's it's 3.01 and you're screwed. Yeah. So we might have to be, we might have to be better at this. <laughs> We're going to keep talking about this. I'm going to have to be better at this. Well, the other thing you could do is just set your alarm for 1 o'clock. Then you've got plenty of time. Qualifying's over. The teams are ready to go and you just pick at 1 o'clock. Then that way you've still got two hours leeway. Yeah, that's true. Good point. We'll we'll work this out. We're gonna be, we're gonna be better this week. I'm not gonna give you 200 points again. A head start on me. <laughs> we're gonna work on this. Oh, <laughs> uh, all good. All right. What have we got left? So that's our fantasy league. That's always Moto Fantasy League. Don't forget, you can join our uh, fantasy league group chat on Instagram. Send myself, always Moto. Or Benny Grino, G-R-I-N-O, 2-2, on Instagram, a direct message, and we can join you into that group chat if you want to be a part of it. Remember to be eligible for prizes from those great sponsors we listed off before. You've got to have emailed fantasy at alwaysmoto.com to get or to be eligible for prizes. Uh, But that's our Always Moto Fantasy League talk for this week. Now, Benny, one more thing before we go. We have been accredited for World Supercross Media Passes again this year, or me again. You have been included this year, so well done. Congratulations. We're all official for this year's Melbourne Supercross round. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, never in my life did I think uh, I would ever get to do anything like that. I thought I'd just be, uh, you know, watching in the stands. So, um, yeah, without this platform that you've sort of helped me, you know, get into and help you with and whatever else it's um yeah it's gifted me with that and um yeah it's really exciting yeah it's, it is well one it's great that you're, you're excited for it and and it's it is help your, your help is is very much appreciated on this platform and and your content assist is is always awesome so no you've earned that aspect but it is a good thing to be a part of because like last year when I was there, just to be able to walk up and talk to these guys and when you've got that pass on, not that they feel like they have to, but you, you're actually you know, supposed to be there and, and you just, it just helps open some, open some conversations that they might not have done previously. So as a, you know, just a fan when you saw them at a signing point. So you do get the chance to have more than you know, 30 seconds with them, which is awesome and and we'll be there. We'll be making content. We'll be, you know, TikToking it or tickety docking, as I like to say. 
and uh, you know we'll be making more content for the podcast with post race interviews and all that sort of good stuff. So it will be an awesome time to be following all of our social channels for Always Moto, and yeah, it'll be great to have you there assisting, Benny. Yeah, so I won't be standing on the level above you this year and taking photos of you and <laughs> sending them to you. Yeah, telling me that I talk a lot. Well, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? So, yes. Yeah, no, that was pretty funny when you sent me that, and I was like, oh, that is me. Yeah, yeah, zoom, zoom in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, all good. So, yes, we will be a part of it. We do have that World Supercross show coming up here very, very shortly. I spoke to Luke Neese from the Club MX Yamaha team already this week. His interview is ready to go for that previous show. We've got a couple other potentials lined up here that we'll be hopefully be doing some point during next week so that that show can come out on Tuesday of the following week. But we'll, uh, we'll get all that in good time. Um, but yeah, we'll have a bit of a chat. We've got some information about the formats for the Supercross round, World Supercross round. So, yeah, lots of good content to come here just yet on the Always Moto podcast. All right, let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll be back with the emergency department. Hey, this is Cade Namrine, riding for Monster Energy, Luke Soil, KTM, Team Tata Racing, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are back, ready for the emergency department segment. And just a reminder, if you are watching this on YouTube, you can listen to it on the full podcast on your favorite podcast platform. But if you're listening to this on the podcast... You could be watching this on YouTube. This segment we do across both platforms. So check out one or the other, whichever one you're not watching or listening on, do the opposite. It might be might open your horizons to a new platform with Always Moto. All right, let's jump into this emergency department. And a reminder, I am a physiotherapist. I'm not a doctor. The emergency department. All the injuries, all the gory details, and when they'll be back on track. It's the list you really don't want to be on. You do not want to be on this list. I say this every single week, and it just seems to get worse and worse. We've got more factory riders added to the list this week. A couple more missing, uh, at least one round, if not multiple rounds. So let's jump into the list. Now, we keep stats on all these injuries, and I'll come at you with some stats so far through the three rounds of motocross that we've got in comparison to the Supercross series so far for injury rates. 16 injuries recorded through three rounds of motocross already. Uh, or 5.34 injuries per round. Compare that with Supercross in 2023, we had 7.23 injuries per round. So we're on a little lower scale with the outdoors. That's a usual pattern. We don't obviously have as many in as many injuries in the uh, motocross series. Let me just get rid of that one. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's working better, but it's still high. Averages the normal sort of numbers you see somewhere that three to four range. So we're still running a little high at the moment. Um, ideally, that will come down, but it's been this has been one of those years to be honest. We, we you're having a lot of injuries. Not sure exactly what's doing it. Maybe that extra money that's up for grabs is uh, causing some people to go a bit more send mode to keep themselves in that top twenty for Super Motocross. Not sure. All right, let's jump through the list. Some things to note. Tom Vial had a hand and wrist injury in Moto1. He obviously got a bad start, then had a crash later on in the Moto. Uh, he was able to do the parade lap, but then for Moto2, but didn't actually race Moto2. So he sat out, he took the, he took the option to rest up uh, so that he will hopefully be ready for high point. Uh, I gather that would be just a sprained wrist, but you're never quite sure as to what that is until they get it checked out a bit further. I'm assuming that he's gone and got an x-ray at a minimum since then. Uh, to just confirm that there is no broken bones in that uh, wrist, the injury that he's got. But we'll have to uh, see how that goes. Hopefully he is on the line. We haven't seen any late last-minute press releases at this stage. Now, obviously, keep in mind, with all of these updates that we do here, we try to bring you as much information as we can, but at each point that we do it, somebody comes and puts out more information about whether they're available or not. We check right before we start. It doesn't always work out by the time it's loaded up that it's still completely 100% accurate. We're just working off what we have and the communication that we've had with the riders this week. All right, next on the list, Carson, Carson Mumford had that ugly crash in qualifying uh, session there at Thunder Valley, went over the bars off that tabletop, managed to whack what he looked like his face on the, on the handlebars and then take a decent hit of his head onto the ground as he was going along too. Sat there a bit dazed looking. Uh, he sat out Thunder Valley but is hoping or at this stage expected to be back for... Uh, high point as well as per his team's press release that was out earlier in the week. 
But as you'll see with one of his other teammates, that has changed recently. There's been no further news on Carson. Ideally, he's okay, but we'll find out. Next on the list is Josh Ravarez. Now, I chatted with Josh earlier this week. Unfortunately, that crash that he had at, Mot- at Thunder Valley, he has broken a collarbone. He will be going in for surgery. I'm not sure whether he's had that already or it's on the horizon, but he was telling me that he was trying to get that booked in. Uh, that was the beginning of the week. We're now at the end of the week, almost ready for this week's race. So no clear timeline on when he'll be back as yet, but as most of you out there will know, once they have surgery on the collarbones, it's just a matter of pain that is restricting them from coming back and, and movement that they get a little bit of swelling. Obviously, with the surgery, it encourages swelling to occur. He could be back in four to six weeks. On a rough estimate, I'm going to say that that's going to put him back by the time he gets some fitness and everything going with returning to the riding, that he'll be back on the bike ready to go for Unadilla, but let's keep an eye on that space as things get closer uh, to that timeline. Checked in with Tyson Johnson. He was a part of that first turn 250 Moto uh, 1 crash. Uh, Despite some reports from other media sources that we had at Dave's Diatribe on last week, uh, saying that he had a broken leg. Turns out he's actually fine. Got a few bumps and bruises, but he will be fine. Bit sore. He's expected to be at high point. If he's not able to be at high point, he said he will definitely be at Red Bud. So we checked in with him. We got the straight info. That's what we do here at Always Moto with the injury reports. All right, Jalik Swole. Not an injury, um, but some interesting information that obviously altitude at Thunder Valley. He didn't cope so well this time around with that altitude, and that might have been why he was off the pace a little bit last weekend. So a bit of altitude sickness for Jalik Swole, ideally this week at the high point. Uh, he's had good results there in the past. Hopefully that is all cleared up by that point, which we would expect it would be, uh, but just something to note there as well. Not sure where to put this one, uh, whether he's out, in, I don't know. We haven't got the response back direct from Hardy. But a very cryptic post from Hardy Mooners this week. He was obviously down pretty hard in that Moto2 crash. He was sitting there, seen sitting there on the track with the medic crew for about a lap to two as the cameras kept going, as the lead riders kept going around. He kept coming up on the shot. Uh, they were there, the medic crew were there holding his head. So obviously trying to stabilize his neck. Um, not really sure about his status for this ride. His Instagram post was a bit, eh, didn't understand it. We've reached out to Hardy, but we haven't got a response yet. So, uh, yeah. It's, we'll see where he's at. I, I've been assuming that there's something to this. He's at least got some whiplash. If he's been cleared of a neck, major any, any major injuries, that's great, but we don't know. We'll bring that more to you as we find out. Now, like I said just before, don't, don't, this is up to date as we got, got at this time. Don't confuse this with Dave's diatribe last week about poor media reports coming out, um, you know, and one saying one thing, one saying another. We're providing the information we have. We're not, we're not speculating on the information we don't have and making assumptions on things that we didn't see. Right now, this is the best we have for Hardy, and we'll p- bring out more as soon as we have it. That's the difference with Always Moto. All right, Brighton Carroll, another interesting thing to note here. Brighton Carroll was on our list last week from a crash at, uh, at Hangtown. He had a concussion. He was in that first-turn crash with the 450 Moto. Now, he managed to pass his concussion protocol ready for Thunder Valley, which was awesome. The interesting thing that I find with this one is I've always talked about our concussion protocol in the AMA series being a bit, mm, a bit loose, bit, bit, bit not as good as it could be. I've never liked the fact that they can basically complete the return to ride program post-concussion in a five-day period, making them available to be back at the next race the very next week. I've always thought there should be at least a one-race minimum stand-down from a medical standpoint that they should have to do to try and ensure that they are going past the the symptoms that come along with concussions, no matter what grade concussion they have. And this is one of those examples. Brighton's own posts on Instagram. If you want to go and check him out, he quotes these things. He felt off all day, struggled to focus and find a flow on the track. Setting in after a couple of laps, I couldn't keep focus to run the pace. Tell, this tells me that maybe he shouldn't have passed that concussion protocol. And that's where then that medical stand down that I talk about with the one race stand down as a minimum would hopefully solve that. That tells me that he was still having concussions, post-concussion symptoms and not ready to be cleared to return to racing. But I'm not the one running it. I wasn't there checking him. Maybe he looked fine on, on at the time of the assessment, but clearly he had some issues when he got back up to pace and his heart rate fully maxed out. So maybe our concussion protocol needs a bit more of a look-see. All right, out from injuries sustained at Thunder Valley. The big one for Star Racing Yamaha. He's only done the first three rounds, and unfortunately he didn't make it out of those three rounds. It's Gilliam Ferrers. 
confirmation from the team. We we contacted the, the, the Star Racing Yamaha, put out a PR that said he broke his arm and he had surgery, which is awesome. We contacted the team a bit further direct. We got some direct contacts there with the 250 team. Thank you for those contacts. Uh, we've actually been able to confirm that it was a broken humerus, which is the upper arm bone for Gilliam. That's not a great thing. That's worse than just a radius or an ulna, which is your forearm. means that that surgery is a bit more in in, in detail, a bit more uh, – it's it's almost like breaking your femur. It's the, it's the femur of the arm, the humerus, right? So it's going to take a little bit more time for that recovery, which means rather than sort of a six-week recovery time frame, he's more like an eight to 12 at this stage, meaning that he's most likely out for the rest of motocross series, which is unfortunate because he hasn't done all that much racing this year. He has had surgery at the Vale Colorado Clinic uh, that seems to be the hot spot for all these guys to be getting work done lately, Eli Tomac being one with his uh, Achilles tendon a few months back. And obviously the one that probably started all this was Ken Roxon with his arm injuries back in 2017. Jet Reynolds uh, didn't make it past Moto 1 as well at Thunder Valley. He was caught up in that first turn crash. Now, if you watch clearly, he's got a very, very good video on his Instagram today. Uh, and you can actually see his head impacting one of the other bike's tires as he's coming off um, so potentially a little bit of a concussion there as well for him this sort of fits with the same thing with Carson both of their team PR said that they're going to be in this week and that they'll just bumped and bruised and I hate that just bumped and bruised term because that usually is code for the we're trying to dodge concussion protocol again back in my concussion protocol discussions that I have all the time anyway whether he has or he hasn't maybe he just is bruised up and banged up from other aspects we don't know he should have been checked out for a concussion protocol that's one of my changes I'd like to see implemented but at this stage, he has indicated that he is sitting out high point uh, so that he can be back ready to go for Red Bud, which is in two weeks' time. Ideally, that's how that all works out. But like I said, the first team PR that came out at the, after the race day indicated that him and Carson would be back. But at this stage, he's definitely not in. We'll wait and see what's on happening with Carson Mumford. Jake Runkles had a broken arm in his Moto1 crash. Unfortunately, he hits neutral going over uh, one of the tabletops there at Thunder Valley. Came down very hard, broken arm. Uh, he will be out for the foreseeable future. All right, so making some returns this week for High Point. The big one, Phil Nicoletti, the number 69 on that Club MX Yamaha, will be back. He had a broken wrist all the way back in Supercross in Oakland in February. It's been quite the road back for Phil, but he will be back on the 450 this week. Uh, so check him out. Hopefully he'll be in the top 15, top 10-ish, um, but we'll see how he goes. He's probably still... Doesn't quite have all the strength and all the range of motion back in that injury, but he's back, ready to go. So see how it all plays out. And Ken Roxon's the other one coming back this weekend. Now, I say coming back loosely. He obviously left the series, finished the series in Supercross, but he finished with that knee injury that he wasn't certain of what it was. Turns out it might have been nothing, which we still don't are really 100% sure on. We haven't obviously seen scan reports or anything from, from Kenny, but he's been prepping for World Supercross, which is going to start on the same weekend as Redbud. So he's going to have a gate drop this week at High Point. It's probably one of his um, more favoured tracks as well. Uh, so we'll have to see how Kenny goes. But he's making that return. This will be the first race since that Salt Lake knee issue. So hopefully there's nothing going nothing to that, and he is absolutely fine, and we'll, we'll see that on the weekend. Some updates from the recovery path. Only one that we've got to bring you this week, and it's Jason Anderson. He has put out a video today saying that he had day one back on the bike from his neck injuries. Uh, he had those neck fractures there at the end of Supercross and has been out since then. He's been enjoying family time, as he mentions in his video, but it's great to see that he's back on the bike, and he should be back in the racing probably in about two or three weeks' time. Once he gets a bit more time on the bike, we had a bit more fitness up. Uh, he wouldn't be racing back to the events just yet just because of that fitness aspect, but he has time. So if he'll have two weeks here before Red Bud. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at Red Bud or just a week or two after that. It's about where that time frame is going to fit for him. It just depends on how he feels at that stage. So that's our updates this week for the emergency department. Uh, hope you enjoyed those things. Thanks to all the people that watched the video last week. We had our best video yet. Uh, hopefully we can beat that this week. So please like and subscribe the video on YouTube uh, and keep listening to the podcast. Let's jump into a Dave's diatribe now. This is Dave's diatribe. What's a diatribe? A diatribe is a forceful and bitter attack against someone or something. So keep your head down. You might be next. You could be next. And this is the best part of these shows. I love the Dave's diatribe bit. We had a good go last week at the media and their uh, mismatching of their reporting from one source to the other. This week it's team PRs. The team press releases, 
when they talk about injuries, in many cases, it's like they just wipe that guy off their list. They don't even mention him. If you, if you, any of you out there get a chance to read a team press release after a race weekend, they pretty much leave out the fact that one of their guys got injured and they don't even talk about him. It's ridiculous. The guy had a crash. Right that he had a crash. Give us a little bit of info. Say, oh, he's bumped his elbow. He's bumped his, bumped his head. Uh, he's bumped his knee, whatever it is, right? It doesn't have to be, oh, you know, it's a broken um, fifth metatarsal and he's going to be scanned and blah, blah, blah. I understand you don't understand that aspect of the injury like I do, but give me the area at least, you know, and that he's going for further investigation or that he should be fine next week. Give us something. Don't just leave the guy completely off the PR. He rides for your team. He signed for your team. You're paying him lots of money. Surely you can include him in the press release, even if he has had a crash. Not all that bad. He will survive. He's still living. He's still breathing. Give the guy some coverage and help us media guys help you bring you more content and include your team so we can talk about it. And if you give me something decent, I don't have to come and bug you afterwards to say, hey, what's going on with such and such? So yeah, let's just hope that these PRs can be a little bit better in the future. I know Dr. Google is shit, but at least try and do something. You could Google that and give me something for it, but... Look, like I said last week to the media, other media guys out there, you teams out there with your PRs, if you need help with the injury understanding, give me a call. Happy to help. Happy to give you some information and make your PRs actually a bit more useful for everybody out there so that we can all understand what's going on with everybody's favorite riders. That's why I do these segments. I want to make sure that everybody knows what's happening with their favorite rider because once they get injured in lots of cases, they just disappear off the face of the earth. And that starts with the team PRs, it seems. So I just try to keep bringing these guys back into the fore to show you what's happening to them, where they're up to with the recovery, and talk about when they might be back. Give you a bit more scale as to what's going on. So that's my aim in all of this, to try and just be educating you people out there and keeping you in touch with your favorite riders more often than not. All right, Dave's Diatribe over. Thanks for listening. All right, that's the end of the YouTube video. Like and subscribe, whatever it is you do on, on YouTube, do it. So we keep getting more and more content and more and more viewers. That's what we want in this. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, stick around. We're taking a quick break and we'll be back with more. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Devin Harriman. I'm number 97. And I've been racing Supercross in the States and I will be racing some outdoors. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto podcast, episode 65. Another great show this week. Thanks to Ben Grinley for joining us as the Always Moto contractor. We've had a bit of a a rough trot with trying to get uh, riders on for interviews. We've had a few things not always work out. We have got some interviews that have been done this week uh, in preparation for our World Supercross preview show. We've got some cool content coming to you for that that will be out the week before the opening round there in the UK. So keep an eye out on that. We do have some interviews coming for for all that. We've got some things in the works as well, which will be awesome. Now, thanks for listening, guys and girls. Don't forget to send us those T-shirt orders to info at alwaysmoto.com. Follow us on social media to stay up to date on all things injury and moto. Search Always Moto on your your favorite social media platform and then follow and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed and our YouTube channel. And if your podcast app allows, leave us a rating and on the YouTube channel, thumbs up, comment, all that sort of gizmos, jazz, whatever it is you do over on those places. Don't forget to check out all of our written content over on fullnoise.com.au and soon to have additional content coming on alwaysmoto.com. But that's it for another show. Thanks to Slamboard Guy. Thanks to Endurance Recovery Boots. Thanks to Tech 167 3D Printing for the show support. Thanks to our Fantasy League sponsors who we've listed out throughout the show. Thanks to the Always Moto Contractor. Thanks to you guys out, girls, guys and girls out there for listening. Got tongue-tied right at the very end there. Awesome. Remember, you've got to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic, having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick. <laughs>